Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We will continue in Simen Yer Aleph, in the 11th letter of the Holy Letters of the Balatanya, Igeres HaKodesh, which is known as Laskil Chabina. To enlighten you with understanding. And we are going on a deep journey into the essence of enlightenment. And we are explaining some very fascinating concepts that the Balatanya addresses over here in this letter. And one of the reasons we are spending enormous amount of time, more than 40 shiurim already, to explain this letter is because Balatanya with this letter is explaining to us things that are at the edge of our mind, that are at, that are known as paradoxes. They are things that are incomprehensible. They are things that we cannot hold on to. things that we cannot, we grasp them, and the way we grasp them is by recognizing that we cannot fully grasp them, which keeps us in a state which keeps us in a state of truly yearning, of truly desiring to be free from all attachments to this world. Because the Balatanya is going very deep in in this parak, and when you look at it from a when you when you look at it from a panoramic view you see multiple paradoxes, multiple things. Paradox really means that it's contrary to opinion. It's contrary to, to what's normally accepted by the mind. It's contrary. There are two things. There's one, one way of looking at something, and then it's a paradox. A paradox means that you can't really see both things together. The Balatanya is explaining over here the essence of time. He's also explaining the essence of desire, the essence of multiple different problems that there is in life, which is extremely important to see this from a panoramic view. What is the essence of time? Time is really an illusion. Time, the word time comes from a Latin word to divide. Essentially speaking, the mind creates time. And when a person creates time with his mind, 
His mind wants to divide. Divide what is, create fragmentation. And the reality is that there is no such a thing as time at all. And the reason that a person has so much suffering in this world, the reason why a person is not fully present, is because he's not aware that his mind is constantly trying to divide what is. His, his mind is trying to constantly chop up what's going on right now. And his mind will do it by labeling labeling everything around him. When the fact is that anything you're observing in life has no label, has no name. Everything that you see in life just is. But a person will go through an experience and he will label the experience. He will label the experience as good or label the experience as bad. And the more he will label the experience as bad, as negative, the more he will go deep into that experience and get completely trapped by it. And as we explained, he will resist it. He will resist what is. How is he resisting what is? It's starting with the mind. It's starting with time. Because time is the idea of dividing. So you will see that people that are very trapped in pain, in suffering people that have trauma, which means trauma really means a magnificent, a, an enormous amount of division. person goes through one moment in time, traumatic, traumatic moment, a moment of tremendous pain, suffering, tremendous death, which means stoppage. And you see that they are suffering because they are suffering. This is an extremely important thing to see with your own mind's eye. They're suffering. There's nobody could deny that there's such a thing called suffering. But suffering just is. There's nothing you can do with suffering. There's nothing you can do about it. If you let it be, then it just is and it disappears. But to suffer because you suffer for a person to get upset because they just missed their flight. For a person to get upset, you prepare yourself a meal, you spend 20 minutes, you turn around, and all of a sudden somebody bumps into you and the meal is now on the floor. It's finished. 20 minutes of wasted, you wasted the whole time preparing all of this, putting all of this energy, and it's not coming back. All the resistance in the world that you will have to that will not bring back the food onto your plate, will not bring it back. 
So on some level, the tiny form of suffering would just happen now. This is not what you wanted. Suffering. But to suffer because you suffer. To now lament and say, I should have, and I could have, and I would have, but I didn't. And what are we going to do different next time? And why did you do this to me? And how did you knock into me? And to sit and, and obsess about it? That means to isolate one moment in time and to create trauma out of it. To create, depending on how enormous, how much attention you will give to the suffering. That is what it means to suffer. That's what means pain. And this is all beginning to be created by the mind. It's extremely important to see this with clarity because a person who sees this with clarity, he's really set free from his suffering. And then he could focus on the purpose of why he's in this world. The person could see why most of his day he's not content, why he's not happy, why he's not joyous. Why does he not have delight? Why is he not in a state of bliss? Why is a person not fully alive? Because he's rooted in time. And the word time means division. His mind is constantly trying to isolate moments the whole entire time. You have to see the dysfunction of the mind. See the dysfunction of the heart. And leave go of that, drop that, and then to see what is the mind, and how do I use the mind. The mind is obviously not me. I'm much greater than my mind. I'm much greater than my heart. So I have to be able to see how the mind creates the insanity of division. My mind is constantly creating division. Because it's trying to understand, it's trying to hold on to, it's trying to make sense of this moment. This moment right now, the mind wants to know what could I do with it? How could I label it? How could I hold on to it? How could I measure it? Is it good? Is it bad? Could it, should it be better? What could we do with this moment right now? All of that is an incessant insanity. It's, it's not, it's, 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 ins, it's, it's, it's insane. It's not, a person can live 70 years like that, but it's not, there's nothing to do with what is. And whatever you think about it, it's not going to change. The more you decide that what is right now is not good, the more you resist it, the more you'll suffer. Because you with your mind cannot change what is. So for a person to suffer because he's suffering is the beginning of suffering. But to just see what is without measuring it, without labeling it, without holding on to it. That is the beginning of enlightenment. That is the beginning of being free. And the Balatanya is explaining over here 
something enormous. Which as we explained, he's explaining something over here where he doesn't explain it at all in the whole entire Tanya. He hints upon it in Perakid Dalit. He hints upon it in Kuntras Akhrin, in the Hagdama Tasharikat Bamuna. But he does not talk about this for the most part. There's four or five places where he hints about it in Tanya. Which means to jump out of a state of struggle and to become truly enlightened. And what we are trying to do with this Yurim is to understand, to unite, to become one with what the Balatanya is saying in this parak. until you could see it with your own mind's eye, you could see it with your heart, you could see it with every fiber of your being, even for one moment, precisely for one moment. Because if you could see with clarity what the Balatanya is saying over here, then you could see what your life will look like on the day that you're going to die. And you could see what your life is going to look like or what the true way your life is supposed to look like on the day of your chuppah. When you see that, even for one moment, you see what true life means. And when you see what true life means for one moment, then you could see that all the rest of the time you were not living. Then you could see that even though you know what means sleep and what means awake, sleep and awake is just a metaphor for what life is. Because most people are completely asleep their whole entire life. They wake up, but they're really sleepwalking. Because they don't have the freedom to choose. They're not free from interference. They're not free from static. And this is what we learned yesterday. Bechira chafshis. What does the word chafshis mean? Free. Free from what? Free to choose seven layer cake or kakash cake. Free to choose this vacation or that vacation. Free to choose this job or that job. Is that what freedom looks like? Or is the word free? Free from interference. Free from static. Free from confusion. It is free from all mind and heart and desire. Free from suffering. A person is completely free, free to choose. When you're free to choose, there's only one choice. It's life and not death. But a person right now, does he see that there's only life and death? Does he see death before his eyes so automatically he chooses life? Or does that scare him? Which keeps him again in a space where he can't choose. And that's what the Balatani is talking about in this parak, and we need to see it from multiple different angles. That's why we're spending so much time on it. Because a person who's about to die, yes, there's a person who's about to die that's still asleep. And he starts to scream and get scared and say, what does it mean? I'm going to be dying. And because his whole entire life he never lived. And he gets deeper into his nightmare. Or there's a person who's about to die and therefore he wakes up. And he sees death right before his eyes. So every type of analysis, every type of interpretation, every type of interference disintegrates instantly. 
And all that is, is what is right now. And right now, there's only two things, life and death. To be fully right here, right now, to be fully alive with every sense, every fiber of your being, that means life. To feel another person with every fiber of your being, that means you're alive. Because that only is what is right now. And to realize that this moment is the only moment you ever have, that means to be fully alive, and that's the whole purpose. Because in that moment, your soul is deeply in your body, and you're discovering life, which the life of all the life is the Abishter, is God. So a person thinks that some moment in the future is going to set him free. Some moment in the future, he's putting the kids, he's putting his kids to sleep, and he thinks that he's going to start to live in a few hours, in a few moments, in a few years. But he doesn't realize that putting your kids to sleep—that is the purpose. That is life, because he's always thinking about he's doing something to get somewhere. Because that is the, the process of the mind. That's the trap of the mind. The trap of the mind is to measure. This moment is not as good. Next moment is coming is better. And the future moment is coming is even better. And that is a complete insanity. That's what stops a person from being fully present right now. So once I can see the insanity of the mind... Then I ask myself, why do I have the mind? If the mind is always projecting on me in a better future, why, what is the purpose of the mind? How could I be free of the mind? Comes Chassidus and explains you, the mind is your intelligence. It's the ability to look at what is and go deeper. To really go deeper every moment in your life to see the purpose of this moment. Not to project a better moment, but to see the purpose in this moment. To see the godly infinity purpose in this moment. So when you're in a state of just looking at the moment right now, you are in a selfish state. You're selfish. And you're going to use this moment for another moment. Because your mind will constantly project a better moment. But really, what is the point of the mind? To bring the godliness into this moment right now. To bring life into this moment right now. To bring beyond the mind into this moment right now. And the reason why these concepts seem like they're beyond our mind is because they are really beyond our mind. And a person, this demands tremendous meditation. If a person thinks that he's going to learn this by the sheer and it's going to set him free. And all of a sudden he's going to say, I'm getting this concept of enlightenment. So it's, it's, it's enormous. But you're not going to make this real in your life. You're not going to meditate on it until you could see it with your own eyes. It's going to have no meaning at all other than when you're learning it by the Shia. 
But if a person begins to understand this for one moment of time, if he could see the confusion of how people live life, the confusion, if you could see it with a panoramic view, the confusion of how a person lives his whole entire life, completely sleepwalking, not aware of the vibrancy of life, not aware of what the, that all a person ever has is this moment right now. And if he realizes that all he ever has is this moment right now, however you're going to be now is how you're going to be for the rest of your life. Because everything that led up till now, every single thing that you ever did in your life, is all the product of now. If you made terrible choices your whole life till now, who you are right now is your terrible choices. So what are you going to do about it? Are you hoping one moment in the future is going to change you? What does that moment look like? Or are you going to change now? Can you muster the energy right now to realize that there's no moment in the future that's going to change you? There's no moment in the future that you're going to start to live. So all of the whole entire future is right now. Everything you did up until today is right at this moment. And whatever you decide to do right now is going to be your whole entire life. So if you need to go on a diet, and you don't wake up right now, Then when are you going to wake up? You know, seven years ago, I went on the ketogenic diet. And I had a friend of mine who told me, there's no way you could go on a diet. There's no way you can make a lifestyle change. It's impossible. You're going to last for three months. And he said, I will never go on a diet. And he was much, unhealthy, much more unhealthier than me. But I saw the catastrophe of my choices. So I made it change instantly. And I never went back. Because I saw my whole entire future in that moment. And my friend called me two months ago and he told me that he also went on a diet. But why did he go on a diet? Because he started to lose his vision. And he was thrust into making a change by seeing himself about to die. So years of suffering because he couldn't see that all you ever have right now is life and death. So will a person make a change? Most likely. But when it's too late, when his whole entire life has passed by him, that's when he's going to say, now is the time. Will you be modified by the future? Will something change you? When something catastrophic happens, then you will change. And this is the essence of this parak, what the Balatanya is talking. He's talking to somebody who has pain. Somebody who has tremendous pain. Which means the diminishment of the body, the diminishment of the ego, the diminishment of the insanity. And that could deep a person, bring a person deeper into insanity, or could, that could set the person free. Because this whole entire world doesn't allow the world, the way we see it, the way we, the whole, the way we operate is insane. We run to our jobs and we run and doing it. We're always running for something better. And we can't puncture the body of the world. We can't puncture it. If we don't come into shul and daven and learn, and if we don't do it for real, then how are we going to puncture the trap of outside the world? 
How are we going to tap into what unites everything? How are we going to tap into the godliness that's creating the world every moment? When we come at the show and we learn and we daven, when we learn a little bit, then we, we see more than what is. Says the Balatanya over here in this paddock, this person was suffering, meaning to say that his body was being diminished. His body was being diminished. This is the way it's explained in other places in Chassidus. His body was being diminished, meaning to say he was able to puncture through. His body was forcing him to be present right now. Because he had no hopes for the future, because everything was being stripped away from him. And a person who has no hopes for the future could truly live now, could truly realize the present moment which is Abisha creating the world, something from nothing, which is the gift of life. Which is the gift of life is to realize that all there ever is is this moment. And there's no better moment that's coming. And how you, it's how you're going to be at this moment that defines your purpose of your life. What are you going to... What are, when, when, you, when a person says, I want to be successful at a moment in the future, or the quality of his consciousness, the quality of his moment right now, if he realized there's no other moment, there's only this moment now that Abish is creating the world. <coughs> but a person that has too many hopes for the future, his, his body is covering up, his chayim besarim, his body is covering him up. He's so full of what? Of some type of hope for a better future. Can never ever, ever be free of that. But the person over here was going through pain, and pain is an awakener. And that's why each and every person in our own life, we have our anxieties, we have our pains, we have our sufferings. But if we could use that to trampoline deep into what means life, and not wait till our structures are stripped from us when we're much older, not wait to make this choice when it's forced upon us, but choose it now, to choose a real life now, to realize that everything that we're doing is a complete confusion, because there's only one choice, and that's life. Because everything else is death. And it's to be in that state with to realize that there's only life and death. And with to realize that there's only life and death, that means you must choose right now. Because now the Abish is creating the world. And what is the purpose of that? To discover God at this moment right now. The whole entire purpose. And how do you discover God? By discovering God in another person. By being compassionate. By, by eliminating the body that's covering up. By going beyond selfishness. By going into some place that's infinity, that's beyond the mind. And then a person is free from suffering. Then a person is free from ego. He's free from the trapment that there is in this world. But that cannot happen in the future. It can't be a future goal because the world's not being created in the future. The world's only being created now. Now is when the Abisha creates the world from, something to no, from nothing to something. And it's that recognition that a person lives with, which allows a person to choose life, to realize that there is only life. There's only a tighter life. There's only a life where he's been doing meaningful things, positive things, because the day of his chup, the day that he, the person's going to pass away, his whole life will be summed up in five minutes. The times that he was alive, because the times that he was reactive, and the times that he made a lot of money, and the times that he did all nonsensical things, will be insignificant to the sum of his whole entire life, to the legacy, to the things that are truly alive, the, truth, the things that are truly alive all the time. And it's a tree, extremely important for a person to meditate on this. Because when you meditate on it, that's the beginning of Yishkenot Hashem. 